today on Ovias and Julio. ACC legend Mike Golick Jr. is going to drop on by. Notre Dame's on their way to Durham College Game Day ahead of their matchup with Duke. We'll get into the conversation about where Notre Dame is right now and why they just won't freaking join the ACC already. Plus, a deeper conversation on the state of NC State's program under Dave Dorn, 11 years in. And the Tar Heels, they're back in action after this bye week. You can buy your tickets right now. A 4-0 start for the Tar Heels. They're back home Saturday, October 7th when they take on Syracuse, 3.30. Limited tickets remain. So reserve your spot in Keenan right now. For tickets, visit GoHeels.com or visit SeatGeek, the official secondary ticket marketplace for Carolina Athletics. OG. 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 Golly. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus for sponsoring Ovius and Giglio. You can check them out online, copiers-plus.com. Get that print assessment. Understand your document management can be a heck of a lot more efficient when you let the experts take care of it. So check out copiers-plus.com. I don't like to use the word expert a lot, but sometimes, Joe... I have to learn from you and not be so humble. Okay. Sometimes I think people tend to forget. We've been doing this for a very long time. Yes. And since we've been doing it for a long time, there are some pros and cons to it, right? There, I've been told sometimes that I sound a little aloof about things, but when you've seen coaches cycle through, when you've seen, you know, State, Carolina, Duke, get, you know, trajectory up. And then next thing you know, they get, you know, brought back down to reality. We've seen cycles to this. What happens when you've been doing this for 20 plus years, 25 years in your case, right? I think on the YouTube description, I have it as, you know, over 50 years of combined experience. Yeah. Right. It feels like a lot. It it, it is a lot. And I feel like that applies to how we talk about Dave Doran and NC State. Got a lot of reaction to this week's, earlier in the week on Monday's show, uh, in our response to Dave Dorn, essentially saying after Friday night's win against Virginia, shit, man, be happy we won the game, right? Which I think ranks as one of his better post-game comments. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair you enough. know what I mean? Like, I, he was just, I feel like he was just being honest. Yeah, and I know no. people are like, oh, they played Virginia. Virginia's got real life issues. You can't say stuff like that after mm-hmm. you play Virginia. I think he was just in the moment saying, kind of going through the things that they had been through that week and saying, you know, hey, <laughs> Right. It beats the alternative. Like that's always that's always the way. I I agree with you on that. So uh, there are some responses that we've seen through YouTube. This is from one of the listeners. Uh, he edited whatever. If NC State is rebuilding, you can expect to see Louisville tear them down this Friday. Virginia's garbage. Their line on both sides of the ball looked like an FCS team. Virginia rolled out a freshman QB, and he had to draw the dumbest penalty ever. Which, by the way, quick note: the ACC did respond to what exactly was he penalized for and apparently it was not for the taunting it was for the removal of the helmet which i don't know about that his head. i don't know about that one anyway nc state got bailed out by a bs call on that freshman qb there was another response don't disagree with that. Don't disagree that and then there was this response uh from trip the problem is that it's year 11 with doran and we have no offense It's one thing if Dave Dorn could have shown us 10 or 11 wins one year, but clearly eight or nine wins is the ceiling. It's also hard to stomach this when UNC looks great and Duke is getting game day and also undefeated. It's more important now than ever considering expansion, name, image, and likeness, et cetera. And I think Tripp gets to the heart of the issue when he references it's year 11. What have you ultimately accomplished? It's year 11. North Carolina is winning the recruiting game and all of the all the headlines when it comes to that. It's year 11 and Mike Elko in year two already is the talk of all things ACC and Triangle and they got game day showing up. So I, I get where Trip is coming from, but those are byproducts of what happens when you are in year 11. Well, I also think the important part there is not a year 11. Mm-hmm. The, the important part there is what Duke and Carolina are doing because yeah. When you think about NC State under Chuck Amato at the start of this century, what he tried to do and what NC State tried to do with Marianne Fox, what they tried to do was establish themselves as the football school in the triangle because they had gotten passed by in basketball. And and the reality is there's no such thing as a vacuum Mm -hmm. in the triangle. 
you are always going to be compared in the tough neighborhood to Duke and Carolina, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whether it's women's basketball, whether it's any other sport, whether no matter what it is, you're always going to be compared to Duke and Carolina. Yeah. So I think wisely state tried to establish themselves with their football culture, the stadium renovation project at the turn of the century, their tailgating culture. They had Phillip rivers, you know, Duke and Carolina, bless their heart. They don't have great success with NFL players that are not named Lawrence Taylor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So NC state was trying to establish all of those things and to a certain degree has, but the payoff has never come. So for Chuck, you had four years of Phillip Rivers, two of which you had the best team in the ACC. You could not win the ACC championship. You had the Gator Bowl. Sure. Then under, you know, Tom O'Brien in 10, he had that thing that was his. Russell Wilson, they go to Maryland. Mm -hmm. They they just play dead on defense for whatever reason. They end up losing a, a, a game that cost them. And ultimately, I will argue to this day, and Tom has candidly said to me, seriously, I know he has said to me, I knew that day. I knew that day I would never come back. I would never be able to come back from that because Debbie was going back to Maryland. It was a huge game to her and it mattered more to her. And I, and I he understood the dynamic at play there. Of course. He ends up getting fired two years later. Now, Dave comes in. Debbie hired Dave under the premise of him being a little bit younger, a little bit more active in terms of as, as a recruiter. Debbie was never into and never, and to her credit, she worked with some of the best. She hired some of the best, mm -hmm. but her thing was never, don't give me this coach them up stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we are seeing Mike Elko do, in my opinion, is coach him up stuff because he didn't come in and, and wholesale change Duke's roster. He's taking talent that was there. One thing I've always told Debbie, one thing she always said and nodded and, and realized it's not as easy as you think, Joe. Yeah. Get the right strength coach. Mm -hmm. Got to have the right strength coach. So I think State does have that ultimately with D'Antonio Burnett. I think that's been part of the Dave Doran success because remember, D'Antonio wasn't there. To your point about strength coach, you know, people will lose their brains about these things, but there was a, a couple of years ago a huge deal about a strength coach going from one SEC to Georgia to the Alabama. Other. Georgia to Alabama. Alabama no, Georgia. It was the other way around. Yeah. And the amount of money that was being thrown at that strength coach because it matters. But that if you much. ask any player who they spend more time with than anyone else, it's yeah. the strength coach. Yeah. So all of these things matter. Okay. And I think context matters. There's no such thing as a vacuum. So seeing Duke have instant success last year and win nine football games. And you might say to yourself, oh, it was their schedule. And that's fine. It's fine. Then they they beat the team that you've been chasing this whole time, and they beat them like a drum mm -hmm. in the opener. That makes you feel a certain kind of way. Carolina, I think you have both Carolina fans going, when is the other shoe going to drop? And then you have state fans going, well, they're going to screw it up or they're going to lose to us, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, but Carolina's really, really good this year. Yes. And I'm telling you, they're going to win. All, they're going to string a lot of games together before they lose one to start this season. Yeah. And even if they lose to Miami, which seems to be the most likely team to come here and beat them. I, I think Carolina has got real 11 and two, 11 and 10 and two, 11 and one potential mm -hmm. to have a super special season. I think that's who Drake may is. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately is going to be what annoys state fans more than anything else. Right. <laughs> You're Carolina. You, you really haven't had a great lineage of quarterbacks at your school. State has had a great lineage of NFL quarterbacks. And could never win anything with them yeah. of, of, of note. And if Carolina ends up doing that with Drake May, now all of a sudden you're going, you know, we don't have basketball. We don't have football. <laughs> That's where you start getting into the wrestling and women's tennis and, and cross country. Elliot Avent has to do everything and for all of the state on, to win. On Elliot, but, yeah, the, that's that's the context. That's always the context. And those con that context right there. But is what year makes 11 this... is not the context. Well, I think that's people think like. Year 11, you have to have your program in a, in a certain spot. First of all, we haven't seen a coach in this area make it to year 11. Okay. I'm glad you brought Matt that up. Brown never got to year 11 in his first time That's why year 11 Chuck does matter. never got to year 11. T.O.B. never got to year 11. This is why year 11 Bunning, does matter. Fedora. And why bring it up for context and why. I, mean, I think Cutcliffe look, did. Look, I, I try to explain this to people. All, when, I've, when I've talked to other people, in this business where they get to singularly focus on one thing. It's the pro sports team where everybody's on board for that pro sports team or a college town where everybody's on board for that college town and that college town only. Okay. This area is unique. It is one of the most unique 
sports landscapes in the country. And you have to be here a long time to truly get into the nuances of why this stuff matters. And that's why I brought up year 11. And that's why it factors in on a bunch of different levels. The first one is Dave Dorn is something in this area we've never seen before. You just laid out all the coaches that have come through since I've been here, since I moved here in 1995, Mike O'Kane was here for a hot minute towards the end of his time. Got out of there. Chuck Amato, the highs and the lows out of there. Happy Thanksgiving. Tom O'Brien, triple plays and the lows. Okay. And then now we're here with Dave Dorn. You look at the coaches who have come through North Carolina. You look at the coaches who have come through Duke. You look at the coaches who've come through ECU for heaven's sake. All right. It's not just in the triangle. You also look at what's gone on at Wake Forest. Now they have something with, with Dave Clawson, but it's not like people spend a lot of time talking okay. about Wake Forest. This is what you want. The top I get graph that. is what people want year 11 to look like. Yes. The bottom graph is the reality of programs not named Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Well, the, do you, do you want to do like this is even here, Texas me, has me, screwed me, this me, thing here, up. Here, give me that to me because I want to show you an Alabama graph real quick too. Oh, okay. give me the flat line. Here, here's here's <laughs> Alabama. And then what? flat line, flat, flat. And then say, and I'm just going to write here, Saban. <laughs> all right. So here's my updated graph. All right. So, right. But to your but, point, like it's people have this idea. Okay. Like, oh, well, we're going to win five games. Then we're going to win eight. Then we're going to win 11. And then we're going to win the ACC. It's like for a second no, there. Man. For a second there, I thought you were lo- you're looking at our YouTube ups and downs too. I thought like, whoa, okay. Well, that's when we talked to Bomani. Oh, okay. There's an ACC expansion topic. Oh, we're trashing on the Panthers. Okay, cool. I mean, this is a pretty accurate graphic mm-hmm. that we do with YouTube. Anyway, year 11 matters in the context of nobody's changing their mind on Dave Dorn at this Correct. point because no other coach at NC State or at Carolina before him or at Duke has had enough time for people to get to this point because by the end, everybody made up their mind and they moved on or that coach moved on. All right. Mac Brown moved on. And then after that, Edwards is the last NC state coach to get to 11. There you go. So with John Bunting, man, get that dude the hell out of the paint. Larry Fedora. Cool. Oh, you think there's a war on football? All right. Get the hell out of the paint. And I can give you all the list of reasons why Chuck Amato, well, Michael Kane had to go. Chuck Amato had to go. Tom O'Brien had to go. Doran has had opportunities to leave. All right. Yes. Ole Miss, uh, unlike those other coaches. Ole yes. Miss was a factor, although my Ole Miss, Oregon State, Tennessee, Tennessee. Okay. All in play. But he's here. And I think he has grown into being the coach at NC State. And it's actually a really rock solid program. The problem is consistency is not sexy consistency is not ultimately what you're looking for in college football, unless you are Alabama and Nick Saban and your consistency is playing for national championships. The standard at Clemson has been under Dabo to get to this point, And now they want to maintain it. The problem for NC state is that it's just a good program. And what Dave Doran doesn't have, what he's never had at NC state or the highs that Michael Kane had the highs that Chuck Amato had, the highs that Tom O'Brien had relative. Well, again, relative to NC state success, right? When before the Clemson, which is really just a one-off is what you're talking about. You're not talking about winning anything, but that was the culture at NC state, right? The culture at NC state was we beat Texas. We beat Texas. We're on sports center. We have this moment. We beat Florida state. The second team to do it. It was at 1998 and Torrey Holt. We have the memories and we took the field goal post down to the waffle house. Dave Dorn doesn't have any of that, any of it. And the win against Clemson, like you said, Duke opens the season and puts the work on the Tigers. When NC State finally got over on Clemson at Carter Finley Stadium, what did it take? Overtime. What did kicks. it take? <laughs> now he had his signature moment. He had the, the the red cup. He had all the cigar and all this other stuff. But it took a long time to get to that. We finally did it. And then what happened? They beat Clemson. Oh, lose to Manny Diaz. Come on. Right, right. So that's the year 11. You've essentially everybody's made up their mind on Dave Dorn and you're not changing anything outside of winning an ACC obviously was not going to happen this year, which again, we'll close the conversation on Dave Dorn and the reaction we're getting to our conversation earlier this week. What were the expectations for the Wolfpack this year? Did anybody truly believe? I thought if they won eight games, because they won eight games the year before. Yeah. Like, I thought that would have been his crowning achievement in terms of all of the turnover that they've had. Sure. There's been a lot of turnover. That's the key part. I think these last three teams had legit chances mm-hmm. before Lear, um, 
Leary's injury, of course. But the thing that people whitewash from last year is state wasn't good with Leary last year. Mm-hmm. And that, so, so there's a lot of, there are a lot of truths in these comments to us of course. in terms of, of course, why is the offense the way that it is? Uh, how about some neighborhood gossip here? You ready for this one? Hit me with it. <laughs> I love gossip. Neighborhood gossip. Bailey Hockman is married to to one of my neighbors. It's <laughs> a, a name I have not heard. <laughs> and apparently, you know, Tim Beck had a, had a bunch of ideas, but Dave Doran what wasn't interested in those ideas because, as we've talked about, they've had different they've had different coordinators. They've had Dave, but they're now on you know coordinator number five. Right? What's the, what's the consistency here? Dave, Dave, in the way yeah. that he wants to win, in the way that he believes that they should play the game, which is what Friday was about. And there is part of, there is a big chunk of that. Mm-hmm. I also, the, the part that we shouldn't absolve Dave for is the state of the program right now in terms of the state of the roster. Sure. Okay. They, they've, they've had a lot of misses recruiting wise when you look at their skill players. And, and I'm going to look deeper into this on this week's Law of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing when you could you could sit here and say year eleven that should be this it should be that. But to my point, like NC State looks more like this map, and that's that's the graph that you have to look at. It's not nothing's ever going to just be no. nothing in your own life is just going to be. Oh, I'm just going to continue to get better and better and better and better. In my, that's not how the world works. When I've when I've been stressing out about this whole independent LLC business that we're doing, and I and I freak out about those types of lines. I have to remind myself that success does not happen in a straight Mm -mm. line. And then I crack open a groove wagon and then I chill the hell out Uh, or I eat my feelings. Uh, I go to wings over wings over Raleigh. Wings over Chapel Hill. Oh, 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 (laughs) big news. Big news from wings over. What's the, what's the big news today is the 27th. Correct. Last time I checked. Yeah. Monday come Monday, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Buffett come Monday. It'll be all right. Open for lunch. Let's go. Greenville and Raleigh. Let's go. So if your office, if you're in downtown and you want lunch, I am telling you, go to right now, go to wingsover.com after 11 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Order. I What did I get? 100 wings for the NNO? You did. 100 wings. That'll feed your whole office. Everyone in your office will be happy. You can get multiple varieties. Sweet chili is obviously my favorite. Lemon pepper for Joe. The regular hot is awesome. But they're going to be open for lunch. The Greenville and Raleigh locations starting October 2nd. That's going to be a problem because Wings Over Raleigh is right down the way from Nice Price. Yes. So you're going to double dip. My afternoons are going to double dip. Correct. I will. Uh, Wings aren't bad for you, though. I mean, Not the way that if you get them the right way. If you, yeah, if you get them the right way. Although, do you, how much do you? I don't do the fries. How, how, many, do the wings? Uh, how many calories do you think 50 wings is? Well, you can't eat 50 wings. <laughs> It was like, I have to go back and double check because I, I love that they put the calorie count on the online ordering. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, oh. if I ate 50 wings, that's what happened, huh? Interesting. Joe mentioned Law of the Wolf. Go check out that podcast. Uh, what do we got coming up on Law of the Wolf? We will be going through some of those recruiting okay. classes to see how the roster ended up in the situation. That gotcha. It's in. Gotcha. Also check out Young Gun. Dimitri Ravanos, Lauren Brownlow, focus on the Carolina Panthers and the first season with Bryce Young. Uh, we definitely have, we have some thoughts on what's going on with Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, but of course you can go check that out. Go follow Young Gun. Of course, five stars only, positive vibes only. We appreciate everybody who has given us reviews. You know, I love to screen grab those reviews. We got a bunch of reviews. The ones that you showed me. Oh yeah. What's there- that? What's that service that you signed up for? What? Um, what chartable? Chartable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chartable. Oh, that was very NNOE of you to go get <laughs> some sort of. Hey, man, I'm learning. I, mean, every I get day. it, man. The information age, man. I get I'm, it. I'm I just, learning. That I'm, was very. But that gave me 2018 NNO McClatchy vibes. But there's so. a there's a problem. Here's there, your here is the story that you wrote about Bradley Chubb that you spent all the time on that nobody read. Oh. And here's the one that took you eight seconds to write about Braxton Beverly. Can we do more of those? Sure. Sure. We have. But a, there were a lot of good comments on there. There are. Including she, something about your, your aesthetic, which I must be someone from someone who knows you. Aesthetic. We might as well get there. Let's do it. What, what, what do you mean the aesthetic? Your personal aesthetic. It was like, Joe, obvious is not beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a, a legend. Be- I'm not a beautiful man. That is true. Uh, you know what's beautiful? A new home. You might be falling in love with something you see uh, when you're in somebody else's neighborhood. You see that for sale sign. You're like, I must have that house. You know who can help you with that? 
Hometown Realty. Check them out online, myhtr.com. Uh, Joe loves the website because it's dead simple. Are you buying a house? There's a button. You selling a house? There's a button. You want a mortgage calculator? There it is too. They are a one-stop shop and they got agents all over. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. I feel like we have to talk. We have to sound the Whitaker and Hamer alarm. Send out the bat yes. signal. I'll, I'll text Josh today. I want to talk to him next week because apparently there are some tax changes. The IRS is going to start taxing you on your ticket resales. So those Taylor Swift tickets that you just uh, sold um, a you, you just flipped them for a ton of money. Well, apparently the IRS wants to come after you. Now, you got questions like that? You need help on those matters? You need to look at contracts? Whitaker and Hamer can help you out. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline from DraftKings, Gojo and Golick. He is Mike Golick Jr. Mike, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. No, definitely. Thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. So uh, who will... <laughs> will Steve Spurrier show up to college game day and set somebody off the same way that Lou Holtz seems to have set people off like Ryan Day and we get like a full WWE shoot promo? I mean, what, what's up with people coming at the old guys these days? I was going to say between that, between Coach Dickert and Washington State and the league Corso, I said, it, albeit in the NFL and not college, but having Joe Namath come out and slander Zach Wilson the other day seemed like the <laughs> octogenarians just battling back against all the youth <laughs> that had been coming out and trying to spite them. So I, I, that's the only way I can explain it right now. Everyone's very testy in college football at this point. I blame Dion, man. I not blame Dion, but I actually I credit Dion Sanders for kind of ushering in this WWE. Let's take a slight look directly at the camera and let's get this going. It is kind of nice to see people more comfortable being themselves because that's really it all it is, right? Is I've said for a long time, college football, the coaches have been the figureheads forever, but very rarely do we get them to be themselves. You don't get a lot of Lane Kiffins out here who are willing to poke the bear because it's kind of like in baseball's old guard where success is so fleeting and feels so comparatively less hard or harder to come by that most of these guys never wanted to poke the bear because if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. We're coming up on a generation of folks that really just don't care. And I mean, you kind of psychoanalyze them, right? Lane Kiffin, no matter what's happened, he's found his way back. And so he doesn't fear failure. And Deion Sanders played cornerback. Like you want to talk about a bunch of dudes that are just willing to go out there and lay it on the line and don't care because they're used to backing it up on a position with very low success rates. It makes a lot of sense, but it's nice to see it kind of become pervasive in the sport. It's been fun. Are you coming to the Triangle this week? I am, yeah. I'm going to be down in uh, Durham-Learfield College football Saturday night. Uh, I get to call the first Notre Dame game as an alum I've ever called. I never got to call one on radio or TV before this. And so Notre Dame heading down to Duke, college game day rolling through, like you guys mentioned before, should be a good time. What, how does the how do the Irish recover? Because – and I – I know they're never going to join the ACC. I know they're never going to join a conference, but it does feel like it's, it's stare. The answer to being like in the playoff every year is staring them in the face. It's, well, it's answer- only in the conference that they've beaten everybody 29 <laughs> games in a row. Like, so what if you lose to Notre, uh, to Ohio state? So what you can still go win the ACC and get in the playoff. Like I, I don't get the stubbornness. Mike, well, help I mean- me. I mean, they're going to expand the playoff last year. Next year I know. Matters. So, I know. Like, I know. It's I, I. I guess it's one of those things. Like I, I'm not against Notre Dame joining a conference, but I also don't want them to do it until it makes sense. And when you're going to start letting 12 teams in next year, Notre Dame's going to be able to lose two years starting two games starting next season and be able to get in based on their schedule. Which you know this year does benefit some from the ACC, but I think in general conference play gets overrated a lot. The strength of schedule conversation. Notre Dame's always played tough schedule you look at it and whatever you know their quote-unquote out of conference has been between this year uh you know sc what they just went through with ohio state and now down the pipe of some of the acc teams that are going to contribute but that's never really been an issue and that to me is the only argument for joining a conference in some minds so uh, i think their path to the playoffs still maintain and i just don't think it's going to happen at this point sam hartman joe and i were talking about this uh when he transferred is this the best quarterback Notre Dame has had since dot, dot, dot? Is it Ian Book? Is that the last one? Yeah, and, I mean, you know, Ian is was a really good college quarterback and was a guy that that combination of him and Brian Kelly's offense and Tommy Reese running the show there made a lot of really good things happen. But, you know, 
it was still always so much about the surroundings there. I don't want to slight Ian. He left Notre Dame as one of the all-time passers, but Sam Hartman's like the best quarterback you've had since Brady Quinn. Like as far Mm -hmm. as accomplished quarterback returning to the helm, right? Because you've had talented dudes, Jimmy Clausen, Dane Christ, Everett. I love playing with Tommy there. They're all great guys, but walking back into the helm the way you got to in Brady's later years with a proven passer you could rely on to throw you into games and keep you competing into there. Sam, just because of the resume he walked in with, I mean, he made his 51st start this last weekend against Ohio State. That's just a level of experience that's really difficult to replicate and top-end success, the likes of which he had at Wake Forest during that time. So he's been a huge difference maker. He was a culture fit right away in South Bend. He, he seemed like a guy that could have been in that locker room for years based not only how he conducts himself, but also how he leads that team. We got to see Notre Dame here in Raleigh, and it, it felt like a, a lot of, of Sam Hartman. But when you look at Notre Dame, do you, how far do you think they've come even from your – team that played for the national championship like program wise do you feel like they're progressing more towards the georgia alabama lsu level i listen i think they're still a talent to go, right that cl- that upper crust talent wise so many of those places you can recruit in your backyard like that in a way that's such a decided advantage but i think notre dame's getting closer in certain areas that for me in my lifetime were always the most difficult like I look at this last weekend against Ohio State. Benjamin Morrison for Notre Dame, who's their true sophomore cornerback, at this point is probably going to leave Notre Dame as the best corner to play there in my lifetime. Like, we just have not had a lot of guys on campus that you can line up and press man against Marvin Harrison Jr. and say, yeah, we're going to double-team him some and give you help because we're not idiots, but you can put him over there on an island and it's going to work out well for you more often than not the way it did Saturday night. And so I think having guys like him and Cam Hart, the caliber of athletes on the back end there, to go along with the depth that you've had along the lines of scrimmage for a while – uh, I, I think can go a, a long way in continuing to develop what Notre Dame's ceiling is going to end up being in this era with Coach Freeman. Duke will not be an easy out, though. No. This Even we're somewhat surprised. Look, Mike Elko has had a defensive background. He had a cup of coffee at Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator. I mean, it was one thing to get David Cutcliffe and the, the, the atrophy of what had happened at the end of his run here just to get guys up to shape. That's I, That's an easy thing to do, in my opinion. But they get the guys, they got the guys believing. That's 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 been the thing for us as we've watched North Carolina kind of not mess around, but you feel like they're a couple plays away from everything falling apart. NC State's in a rebuild mode. Duke believes, and that's coming through in how they've controlled these games. Yeah, and man, in this day and age in college football, when you can walk back in with largely the same staff, veteran, you know, quarterback that performed well last year and Riley Leonard, like part of belief is just seeing the ball go through the basket. Like I remember we, I was a dead dog average football team most of my time at Notre Dame until those last few years. And I always say reflecting back now, because you don't realize then you're 22. I'm, I was a moron. But, you know, <laughs> reflecting back on it now, so much of that 2012 season was us learning. Like people always say learning how to win like what does that mean it's the work habits during the week of hey how you've got to watch film how you've got to operate together the sheer volume of work it takes to get ready for a game every week in a way that's actually going to earn you the right to expect positive results and then to see that go out on the field coaches can preach till they're blue in the face when they come in hey this is how we're going to do things this is our standard yada 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 but until you're a player and you see it manifest in one of two ways right guys getting sent to the league because of it or us winning ball games because of it it's only noise to a certain point you can believe them you can believe the resume and for duke and mike elko last year to win nine games and to have that belief and that proof of concept for your roster all that goes such a long way going into year two making the work a lot easier to say all right yeah damn we got to work hard but that works a lot easier when on the other side you know tangible results are going to show up and duke's had that happen right now and so they've got a coach that you know you mentioned the defensive background schematically as impressive especially once you get to third downs Mm -hmm. as any coach you're going to see in college football what Riley Leonard can do as a runner and a passer on offense I think is definitely something Notre Dame's got to be hyper aware of I think running quarterbacks have given them issues in the past and we saw the difference Riley's legs made early in the season and that Clemson when everyone talks about as the guy whose name is second on our show 
How did you get the first? How'd you get that first name? I think I was just there first this time around. So okay. it started off when I got to DraftKings. It was just Gojo. That was the show. Yeah. And then as we went along here, Dad's like, you know what? I'm ready to hop back into the Monday through Friday business and do all that. And quite honestly, we have the same agent, and apparently, I've just been a lot nicer Better. to him lately. He didn't push it. He didn't push hard for it. Didn't push hard to try and flip it. So I think I had squatters rights, and also I'm just a kiss ass. How uh, how's it been working with your pops? It's been fun, man. It's been nice to, you know, we got to do that at the end of our time at ESPN the last couple of years when he was on Golik and Wingo, and they slowly let me become more and more part of that show and, you know, just get to do that every day. It's fun. I, I think now, too, as I, as I get a little older and I'm far removed from me and all my siblings, you know, leaving the nest, we're all out in different parts of the country, there's just a chance to spend time with my dad. And by proxy of that, you know, I get to talk to my mom a lot. Like, I get to see more of my folks and keep in touch with them in a way that's really easy and natural. It's something we've always done, right? Talking about sports, talking about all the stuff we talk about in the show has been a part of our life for, you know, 34 years for me now. And so uh, I think just that, getting to stay close to my family through a show is is a fun way to do it. And quite honestly, it's been the love language of my family for a long time. Like, I don't know a world where my life hasn't publicly been put out on stage yeah. <laughs> since I yeah. was a kid and Mike and Mike got started. So it is what it yeah. is at that I, point. But it's not on the level of, you know, you're Travis Kelsey and you just happen to have Taylor Swift show up in the family box. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a different that's a different level, right? We, I was talking. I was actually talking about that with my family yesterday. Like Travis Kelsey's been the perfect kind of famous. Like, yeah. he's a star athlete in a city that loves its team. Where he can still go out and get stuff done. I'm sure he can go out to dinner. And he's going to sign some autographs and take some pictures. Not now. The look on his face <laughs> when they were walking out of that locker room and Buddy was videotaping him and Taylor walking by mm-hmm. was twofold. One, it was the look of. Every guy has shot this look when he's got a new significant other and they're coming around his friends for the first time. It's the don't mess this up for me. Look. <laughs> like, I need y'all on your best behavior right now because I'm not trying to wreck this ship. But also, it's that look of I'm wading into the deep end of the pool now. Like, he's been fa- the podcast has even been a different level of fame for him, right? The helmet sport, he's one of the name guys, but now he's getting into like actual mega famous. Yeah. And I have to imagine him encountering Taylor Swift fans, like his jersey sales have spiked, social media numbers all up. He is meeting a different level of fan than he has ever encountered in his entire life. In a couple of days, these people are going to know everything about him. Uh huh. This and is they're going to be ready to ride for him, or if it goes south, be ready to fall all over him. And uh, I just, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him because he seems like a nice guy. They seem like they're having fun, but he's finding that sports fame and then that kind of fame are decidedly different. Features. This is what I've always appreciated about you uh, since you started doing this media stuff and and back back in our radio days, our respective radio days. You have an understanding that yeah, man, there's NFL famous, and it might get you to a point where you can do Saturday Night Live like Kelsey did. But there's another level to this. You know, Russell Wilson experienced this when we got with Sierra. It takes you to a whole nother level. Now he, you know, Russ is, we have some, we have some familiarity with Russ and, you know, he actualized it and it happened for him. But I don't feel like that way about Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's just a bro. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot my shot. I like Taylor Swift. She's got this thing going. Let's see what happens. Now, of course, he can shoot a shot differently than a normal guy can shoot a shot. But you say that look, that's a look of, I, I can't believe this is happening. More than anything else. I, I can't believe that this is actually real. And she's here. She's wearing some Kansas City stuff. She's hanging out with my mom. But here's my question. Because I know you are deep in the Taylor Swift numerology. <laughs> I know you've been to the shows. Did you play the 1989 online game to figure out the vault stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I did my part to make sure we unlocked that bad boy. Absolutely. I'm actually surprised you're not in the 1989 pajama set, if I'm being real. I know. You know what? I do have uh, I keep right up here, though. On my like home studio around here, I have all the friendship bracelets that I acquired bracelet, during right? the Eras tour. I love it. I love it. I love it. There, I got like I went to three stops on the Eras tour, so I was able to acquire a fair amount of these in the trades. So my question is, given your familiarity with how Taylor operates, yeah, do you think this is real? I do, just because she doesn't need this. Like, there's no amount of publicity that she's going to get from this that she couldn't have acquired in a lot easier way of doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I always say that, like, in a very different landscape, and I'm workshopping this on the fly, so let me uh, let me talk All through right. this and see if I'm going to be able to use this other places. I always maintain, like, with, with Jake Paul and, like, the Paul brothers and the boxing thing, there's a lot easier ways they could have continued to be famous, but they chose boxing. Like, 
You didn't need to do something that's actually physically grueling and demanding where you could suffer physical harm. Those guys were famous before. Mm -hmm. They're going to be famous after all that. Mm -hmm. But they chose that for some reason. Taylor Swift is going to be famous before and even more famous after all this. And this detour, while it's fun to watch the NFL fan base and her fan base and the people that weren't like me in the center of that Venn diagram find out a lot about each other, none of this was necessary. She had to, on some level, want to do this. And I liken it to, listen, man, She's newly single in her mid-30s, and she's rich as hell. Why wouldn't she want to have some fun? She was just in a very serious relationship for like five or six years with Jim Baldwin, and now she's been turned loose, and she's got a little break in the concert tour. So this makes sense as like a fun, flirty, fling thing, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, not not her type. Not not who she's typically been associated with. So I'm going to float this theory to you from a friend of ours. Her theory is that they've been dating for a while now. Yep. You can can piece it together. 100%. But then the Sophie Turner-Joe Jonas thing happened. And she has her history with Joe Jonas and she's friends with Sophie Turner. And then she said, look, I know how to get you off the front page. I know how to get you off the headlines. I'm going to do you a solid. We're going public with this. And what has happened since that's happened? You know what? Not a, not a bad theory. Cause I also thought the same thing. Like I figure, cause most people are like, man, you wouldn't be hanging out with mom after a week. If this was real, No, <laughs> I'm sure they started talking after the concert and he was just instructed to not say anything. Like, I see you know, Taylor Swift's PR team, like shout out to Tree Payne and everybody over in the system, they work pretty hard. I'd imagine there's not been a hair out of place in this. Like the Kelsey brothers bringing this up, people thought it was in poor taste. They were using it to pub the podcast. You think they're doing that without her permission? Hell no. No. Hell no. Leaving the stadium the other night, them in the drop top convertible where everyone can see. You think Taylor Swift is being seen leaving anywhere if she doesn't want to be seen? No. There were rumors that they used to sneak her out of her apartment in a duffel bag yes. in New York. Like, yes. this is how she gets down. So, no, I'm with you. There could be some of that. Listen, the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show got announced the other day. You heard a peep about that? No. Like, you, you talk about what does Taylor Swift need out of this? Sometimes I wonder if she just wants to flex her power. And like, oh, yeah. oh, that's cute that you're bringing out something for the Gen X millennial crew with, with Usher. Yeah. I've turned down the Super Bowl multiple times and I'm about to take the head because I know how radio works. Oh. I know how the TV shows work. It was going to be Usher bumps, people talking about, you know, where do you rank Usher with the recent groups, X, Y, Z. Not a peep of that on Monday. Not a soul talked about it. Instead, you get a bunch of newscasters trying to ask all the Gen Z kids that work as producers on their show to help them wedge Taylor Swift lines into the (laughs) open. And round and round we go. I'll give you one other one. And I saw this this morning that proves some of the legitimacy and some of the timeline on this. Someone said, usually one of the big things when Taylor starts dating someone new Mm -hmm. is, and I haven't double verified this, so bad journalist here, but we're going to (laughs) float with a little bit of goss. That's fine. Is... Usually it's monitoring the social media activity of some of her more famous friends. And she is really, really close friends with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. And someone went back and looked and said apparently that Ryan Reynolds started following Travis Kelsey around August 8th. So we can look back and maybe further to that theory. This might have been going on for a little bit while longer. I'm with it. All right. Before we say, Joe, do you want to bring us back to football or? (laughs) I mean, because I was going to say, go Junior and I can we could keep going. No, no, no. We're we're good, man. I just you know, I'm I'm <laughs> Swifties. Your knowledge here is like uh off the charts a little bit. Uh I'm still caught on Notre Dame. Like they have no way to get into the playoff this year. And I get it. <laughs> the thing the thing is gonna expand. They have no way. What do you mean they have no way this year? In How do they get in this year? In a year this year, where How do they get in this year? The rule always in college football is if you're gonna lose, you in lose this era life. in the fourteen playoff, yeah. it is if you're going to lose, you lose once, you lose early, you lose close. Yeah. Notre Dame lost a game that's gonna be considered one of the best in the year. I think I saw NBC, it's the highest rated game they've had in college football since the game of the century, Notre Dame, Florida State ninety three. So you lost a barn burner. Everyone watched. Everyone agreed. Notre Dame gave that away. Oh my! So many opportunities to win it, and we're going to get further and further from that. And then you've got to have opportunities. You got SC coming to South Bend. You got Clemson on the road. You got ranked Duke this week. Louisville's a night game. Notre Dame's going to play four night straight night games for like the first time ever. People are going to see. And if they rebound and play well, what have you got out there on the other portion? Yeah, but you can't have a good loss. That like that can't be a thing. If you're, no, if you're, no, it's it's a college football program. playoff era. Oh, we love the Texas has a win over. I, I guess what I'm looking at is in years past we can dismiss the Big Twelve, right? In years past we can dismiss the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 champion is going to get in this year. Oh, I I 100% agree. Now the Texas is in the driver's seat too. I'm just you know the SEC champion's getting in. 
the Big so listen, Ten champions getting in. So is, how does where does that leave Notre Dame? Whereas I would argue, sorry, right, and I, I don't mean to stomp all yeah, over here, but I, I would just argue my central point about Notre Dame, and I get that the math is changing. Mm-hmm. They've beaten all of the ACC teams like a freaking drum for the last six years. This is Florida State in the 90s. Just join the freaking league and you're in every year. Like, make it easy on yourself. Now you got Stanford, you strong arm Stanford into the damn league. Like, (laughs) but just freaking join. Again, like, it helps. I get it. It helps the ACC a ton. It would stabilize a lot of things. But, like, at the end of the day, why you want to go here and like be part of a band when you can be a solo act and have things go just as well for you? Like Notre Dame's made a great place as a solo act. Why would you want to come in and have to share with anybody else or play by anyone else's rules? Mm-hmm. Like if any other team could do this, they would. Sure. That's the bottom I line. Agree with that. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just one of those things. So I, I'm with you that if we hadn't been in an expanded playoff era and this was going to get increasingly tougher for X amount of reasons, sure, that might be something, but there's still a viable route. And even this year, like, the Pac-12, I believe the winner's going to get in, but I'm also worried, like, what does that look like? They all play each other. Yeah. Between the end, middle of October and November, all of the top teams in the Pac-12 are going to play each other. And what have we seen? What has the recent history been? Nothing oh, but cannibalization yeah. in that conference. So that's my only thing is, I get it, it's a long shot now. Notre Dame made life a lot harder than it needed to it had a golden opportunity and they let it slip away but you're technically not still out of it and so i guess that's why i look at it and say like they it's a longer shot than it could have been but their schedule still lines up and this year in college football it's just there's not a team like georgia from last year that felt so heads and tails above everybody else that it feels like oh we couldn't have something hairy happen as we get into october and november football go joe and Golik, DraftKings, Mike, we appreciate it. And uh, enjoy going down the Taylor Swift rabbit holes some more. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Big thanks to Mike Golik Jr. for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Gilio. Always a fun conversation with him. Uh, that dude, great hang. I remember we were in Pinehurst for one of their radio boondoggles a couple of years ago. And just a just a great time hanging out with him, Stu Gotts, uh, and a lot of the you know Trey Wingo and Golick and all those guys. Big thanks to Mike Golick Jr. for hanging out with us. Uh, always a fun conversation with him. I, again, I I mean it when I say it. His ability to understand the the huge pop culture things that happen outside of sports. It's always a fun conversation with him. Speaking of college stuff, Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. They sponsor Ovius and Julio. Use the promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. Homefield's got great stuff coming out all the time. They just announced a new mini collection that features NC State. That's going to drop at 10 o'clock on Friday. Actually, if you're watching on YouTube, I pulled up this new T-shirt. It's like a it's like a hitchhiking toughie. I, 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 I think it's cool. I love a ringer shirt. I am a sucker for a ringer shirt. So go check out homefieldapparel.com. Go sign up. 10 o'clock Friday, they're dropping a new NC State mini collection t-shirt. That should be a lot of fun. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis, State Farm Insurance. Check them out online, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com, where you can call them directly, 919-779-8277. That's why I've been a State Farm customer for two decades now. Call them up. Somebody's there. It's local, a real person. Uh, State Farm, always keeping you up to date, too, on policy changes and saving you money. That's the key part. Shout out to Troy again, uh, who saved some money thanks to Matt Davis. Again, check that out. Insuregarner.com, V-O-G-insurance.com. Talked plenty about college football. Let's go ahead to the NFL. All our conversations about the Carolina Panthers brought to you by Graffiti. Go check them out in downtown Cary. They got a whole wall of TVs above the bar. Underneath those TVs, you will see the bourbon collection. It's off the charts. Tuesdays break even night. Sundays, they have more bourbon specials. And considering the state of the Panthers, you might need some bourbon to enjoy what we might see over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Speaking of which, the current situation in Charlotte is not great. 
Uh, the messaging over the summer has backfired on them. And there's some questions about Scott Fitterer. There's some questions about David Tepper's role. There's some questions about Bryce Young. And Jillio and I, we're not just saying these things to say them. I, I truly believe, given the information that we have now, it might actually benefit Bryce Young and the Panthers to just let him sit for the next few weeks and bring him back after the bye week against the Houston Texans, where, ironically enough, they take on C.J. Stroud, which a lot of people are doing the comparison. And that's easy to do right now. Bryce Young has not really given people much of anything to be happy with or confident that he was the right pick. I still think it's entirely way too early, and I think it's something that can be salvaged if the Carolina Panthers handle it right. But we can't give the Carolina Panthers the benefit of the doubt because what we've seen over the last few years is an organization under David Tepper that has not handled things the right way. They're usually, they're usually a rush to get to some point because it's it's key to understand that not every quarterback trajectory is the same. We keep bringing up Tua Tungavailoa. His rookie season, he did not actually start a game until week eight. Patrick Mahomes, which is an easy conversation to have now because we know what Patrick Mahomes is. He's a multiple Super Bowl winning future Hall of Famer. But when he was a rookie, he did not start until week 17. They didn't know what they had yet in Patrick Mahomes. There was the hope. But Alex Smith was the QB. They made the playoffs. And in week 17, he started, and then they went back to Alex Smith. And then, of course, it became Patrick Mahomes' team after that. Now, you can make the point that these quarterbacks were not drafted by teams that gave up a lot to move up and get this guy. This is a number one pick, and you have to treat it a little bit differently. That's optics. That's narrative. But there, the res, it's, an, it's a results-based business. The results haven't been good. And the second guessing is coming out. So let's get to some of the YouTube comments that I've seen. And, and one that I think is eventually going to happen this season if they continue to lose. This is from Jason. Someone needs to address Scott Fitterer's role in this whole Panthers mess. A few months ago, they claimed that he thought last year's team was essentially a QB away from competing for the division. He then totally overhauls the offense and brought in a new defensive coordinator who changed the scheme. Questionable drafting and trade decisions as well. I think his time in, his time in Charlotte is nearing an end. I don't necessarily disagree with that attitude, but I get back to David Tepper. At some point, knowing how NFL news cycles work, at some point, there's going to be a deep dive, leaks of who wanted who, who made decisions, what did the football people want versus what the owner wanted. This is a tale as old as time in the NFL. The owner sometimes wants something that the football people disagree with, but guess what? The owner is the owner, and he ultimately has the final say. So I'll be really curious if we get some sort of palace intrigue if the season continues to go off the rails. But then again, the biggest problem that the Carolina Panthers have is that the Carolina Panthers are not interesting enough. Chicago, big market, Bears fans everywhere, and you see the palace intrigue spilling out into Sports Center on a national sports talk radio. The Jets are the Jets, for heaven's sake, which we'll get to in a second. And Aaron Rodgers brings all this attention. That makes them interesting. Aaron Rodgers' content usually does well. The problem for the Carolina Panthers is that they have not been interesting since Cam Newton was their quarterback. Cam Newton is what drove the conversations around the Carolina Panthers. Right now, they can't even get people. They Typically, when you have a number one pick and there's legitimate questions as to whether or not they got the right guy, it would dominate the conversations. The Panthers are rarely discussed. And I do feel, though, as the season concludes, you know, progresses, we might get some of that palace intrigue to come out elsewhere from the YouTube comments. Bryce isn't Cam Newton. Speaking of Cam, I mean, I don't think anybody was claiming that, but so be it. He's not a savior franchise quarterback. That's a point that Jillio has been making a while now. I'm starting to wonder if the wide receivers don't believe in Bryce. And that's what you're seeing on the field. A Zach Wilson type situation. I don't think we're there yet. Bryce Young literally got there. And everything that we know about Bryce Young is that he's a super chill guy. I mean, all throughout, all throughout the preseason, his teammates talked about how he was just on this mental level. And they really appreciated that. And he's a really humble guy and all the buzzwords that go along with it. Zach Wilson never had any of that. <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson never once had this type of conversation about him. And... They were talking about moving on from him last year, and that's why they bring in Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he was on the Pat McAfee show, 
And Rogers, in some ways, it's it's a crass way of putting it because you don't want to see a guy hurt. And obviously, he wants to be out on the field. But in a weird sort of way, Aaron Rodgers has this knack for making everything about himself and also seeming like he's enjoying it from afar. In a weird sort of way, he's like that disaster girl meme. You know which one I'm talking about. That's been around for ages. It's this little girl standing in front of a house that's on fire, and she's looking back at the camera with like this devilish grin. I feel like that's Aaron Rodgers from time to time, where he can just sit in the sidelines and just have all these opinions on things without actually having consequences for him. So he goes on Pat McAfee's show, and he says this about the current Jet situation, which has spilled out on the back pages of the New York Post and the Daily News, and Joe Namath is out here, as we talked about with uh, Golick Jr. Joe Namath is out here calling out the Jets and everything else. Here's what McAfee, or here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say on McAfee. This year it's happening early and people are coming, coming for us. Uh, and there's, you know, some uh, heated conversations on the sideline and different things. I think we need to hold our poise a little bit better across really just offensively. You know, we need to, uh, to not have some of those things happen on the, on the sideline and, and to be a little better and to be a little, uh, uh, just be a little better competitors. You know, we need to understand this is part of it. And it's not always going to be pretty. The most important thing is winning. We saw what happened in Green Bay. They were down 17 nothing and came back and won that game, an ugly game, 18-17. Doesn't fucking matter. It's like you win the game, that's the most important thing. However, you got to get it done. So, you know, there's been, I think, too many little side conversations, and we just need to grow up a little bit um, on offense and, and lock in and do our jobs, everybody, and not point fingers at each other. And that's everybody, you know, we don't point fingers at the coaching staff. Don't point fingers at each other. Just get back to work and get the job done. So that is Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. And I would love to know what his teammates think in the building, not being there, not being in this combustible situation and him going on the McAfee show and just kind of airing this all out. It's one thing that we all see. We can see the chirping at each other. We can get the ESPN insiders, like what I watched today on ESPN talking about, I think the exact word was combustible situation in the locker room around Zach Wilson. Essentially, the defense is sick and tired of Zach Wilson not doing enough to get these wins. They felt that they did enough against the New England Patriots this past week to get a win. Obviously, they didn't because Zach Wilson and the offense came up short. Now, I do think that the New York Jets have a whole list of issues beyond just Zach Wilson, offensive line being one of them. But hey, a healthy Aaron Rodgers might be able to overcome that. I'm not trying to act like Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be able to elevate the Jets even with a bad offensive line. So I'll get back to my original point here with Aaron Rodgers, and that is I feel like him going on McAfee's show, given the media nature of New York, these types of appearances do not help matters at all. He thinks he's helping by saying, hey, you know, we just got to chill. He, he essentially gave his New York version of R-E-L-A-X, relax. But he's doing it from a hospital bed on the McAfee show in a town that takes everything that you say, runs it back to the locker room. And I'm telling you, the week is going to go on. They're going to lose another game. They're going to ask some questions about, well, what is Aaron Rodgers saying? Do you agree with what Aaron Rodgers is saying? These things just kind of compile over time. And that's what leads to those combustible situations in New York. Now, Aaron Rodgers is making it sound like he's going to be back in 2024. Aaron Rodgers is making it sound like he can be back in the building at some point in time. But Aaron Rodgers and his aura, his presence, is not going to fix that Jets team. It was arguable if his presence on the field itself and his ability was going to be good enough to help a team that always finds a way to combust. But they're doing it without him right now. And they're doing a hell of a job in some ways. I wish the Carolina Panthers were as dumpster fiery as the Jets or the Chicago Bears. At least the conversations would be a little bit more fun to talk about. Expansion never dies, Joe. Conference realignment never dies. I thought we were done with this. We're not. We're not done with this. You know why? Because you why? had a good idea. Oh, okay. And apparently... I'm like, just don't make me acknowledge Stanford, Cal. Oh, no, no, no. We're not talking SMU. about that. We're actually not talking about that. Apparently, you had a good idea. 
And I, you didn't I, realize I, it. I, no, I realized it. Maybe I was saying it too. <laughs> maybe the SEC was listening to the podcast or maybe you have an inside source with the SEC. Let's go back to earlier in August when we talked to our friend Holden Thorpe, former chancellor at North Carolina. And you hit him with the Butch Davis rule. They could they could pull a Butch Davis and get money from the Big Ten. The Big Ten would have to be so they'd have to become an AAU member. They'd have to go to the Big Ten because, in theory, the Big Ten would like to get into the state of Florida, yeah. in theory. Then they'd have to get the Big Ten in lieu of broadcast rights, right? They could be a special assistant to Greg Schiano. You're not why, coaching. Why do you got to do this to hold it like You're that? You're not coaching. <laughs> why do you got to bring that up? Wait, these are our media rights. This is a gift. This is an endowment AAU gift from the All Big right. Ten to Florida State, Right. I'm not sure I see the connection, but okay. Oh, no, your you know. guy got a. You had a pay. No, I know that. Yes, he was an executive <laughs> right. assistant. Right. He wasn't. Yeah. I'm not coaching. I'm, I'm right. an executive assistant to the to the principal to the yeah. vice regional principal. So I, something tells me that's not going to work. But no, that's not. You never work. know. So that was that was our conversation with Holden poor, Thorpe. Poor Holden, he gives us time, and I'm over here like picking open wounds. Uh, like, uh, he didn't like that. He didn't <laughs> like that. So here's Steve Berkowitz, USA Today, mm. earlier in the week, and this is a story as I've uh, as I've pulled up. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma were to pay a steep price for leaving the Big Twelve early. That's not how it turned out. From Steve Berkowitz and Kurt Bowles. So I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. I'm like, okay, where where is the ESPN portion of this? Right. So uh, eventually ESPN cushions impact for Texas, Oklahoma and move to the SEC. The part that I found the most interesting, each school's agreement with the SEC states, quote, the institution has represented to the SEC that ESPN or an affiliate of ESPN has agreed to make a transition payment to the SEC over and above all rights, fees and other payments otherwise payable to the SEC by ESPN earmarked and designated for distribution to the institution. The agreements do not say how much money, how much money that payment will be, and the schools in the SEC declined to comment about the amount. Meanwhile, Texas and Oklahoma are getting other payments from ESPN under contract modifications that will shut down agreements for so-called third-tier rights to events, including football and men's basketball, but primarily involving sports such as volleyball, women's basketball, softball, baseball, and with Oklahoma, wrestling and gymnastics, those rights will convey to the SEC and in turn to the ESPN-owned SEC network. If if you were to have learned anything from the previous president, it should be that there's a way around everything. Of course there is. Of course Legally, there there's a way around everything. Mm -hmm. I'm over here putting 30% of our money into a tax account. Meanwhile, the guy hasn't paid a tax in <laughs> however long. Why, why does that work? Right? Should we so, try that? So if these schools want to get around something, guess what they're going to do? When you have enough money, you can get around whatever you want to get around. Yeah. That's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. And my idea of is certainly not a new idea, but just wait till it happens. And it already happened with, with and I didn't even realize it happened with uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I saw the Colorado signing bonus. Yeah, it was like a $2 million signing bonus to leave. Now, that one's that one is I think more applicable because that's Colorado leaving an entity that doesn't have mm -hmm. an, an ESPN deal going to the Big 12 which does have the ESPN deal. Our my theory all along is if the Big 10 is the one that's going to want to add schools from the ACC because they're not involved with ESPN. Yeah. It will always be in ESPN's interests because of their contract and the length of the contract they have with the ACC mm -hmm. to protect the ACC, the, the ESPN. So the ACC isn't really the ACC. It's ESPN ACC. Yeah. Okay. The SEC actually now isn't really the SEC. It's ESPN, ESPN. SEC. Mm -hmm. So those, it owns two important entities. It's not going to destroy one of them for the sake of one. That's already the strongest. Yes. The big 10 on the other hand has no, relationship with ESPN. So the big 10 would be the ones to literally say, here is a signing bonus. Mm -hmm. Oh, the, it's, is it for broadcast rights? Oh no, no, no. We've given up our broadcast rights and, and ESPN and Florida state would probably still have to forfeit whatever their broadcast rights are, but there's a way to make that good. And then there's a way to make that good because uh, TV networks, if they want to, it's if, if, they if want they're to. motivated enough, like Which, I, what I see them doing, what I see the big 10 saying, Florida State and Clemson mm. are worth this to our brand. Yes. Do I think they're going to do this for Carolina, Virginia, Duke, 
Virginia Tech, State, or whoever. No, I do not see that happening. So two quick points. This is why what Jeff, uh, Jake Dicker, who's the Washington State head coach, who in this weird week of let's go after the old pundits, he went after Lee Corso because he misheard or misquoted Lee Corso saying that the Oregon State-Washington State game was the nobody watches bowl. I think he was trying to say nobody wants, wants bowl. Them. They're the leftovers. They're the yeah. pack two at this point. Yeah. Dicker uh, had to follow up on this. He apologized. Like, look, I'm not, I, I got a little caught up. And, then, and he explains his frustration because there was another portion to that quote that was making the rounds about Lee Corso that I thought was important. And, you know, my frustrations really still stem from – you know, there's a conglomerate of people that have made a lot of decisions that have been outside, you know, our, mostly our control. And the lack of clarity uh, based on the metrics and the real facts, you know, is where my frustration really comes from. You know, and I think it is my job to stand up for the people of Washington State, you know, because I think these decisions greatly impact all of us. You know, it impacts our academic institution, our faculty, student body, alumni, you know, the community, Pullman at large. I mean, the grocery store owner down the street. Uh, I'm fighting for, you know, my staff and their families. You know, every, all the men and women in our athletic program, you know, it's really important. So that's Dicker. And what he was re referencing was this conglomerate of people. Who he's talking about and why he's mad is that ESPN is part of that conglomerate of people making decisions, which gets back to our original point about, oh, so if ESPN wants to make this happen and make Texas and Oklahoma happy and get this thing going with the SEC, then yes, they're going to have some sort of signing bonus or find a way to work around the money to make it all work. Now, I, I mentioned expansion. To be clear, I, I did not come up with the idea. I just recognized that it would happen. That's game recognizing Because you, you know that I like being right. <laughs> you and I both have our things that we like to be mm -hmm. right about. Uh, meanwhile, this is uh, from... This is from the posting courier. I can't bring this up on the screen, but you'll just have to believe me here. And it was titled Clemson's ACC departure may be quote unquote sooners as sooner as Gamecocks fret. And they go through a, a bullet points of, you know, SEC officials and what they might want to be doing in the future and being nimble and everything else. And they get to the crux of this. Meanwhile, at South Carolina, there's a mix of joy and angst and they highlight Beamer's recruiting edge. And this is from a senior school administrator at South Carolina. Quote, our fan base and coaches do not want Clemson in a league that gives us a great recruiting advantage. We respect what our fans want, and we will play Clemson in all sports anyway. And it gets back to the idea that, well, man, th this is what gives us the edge over you. Much like Texas A&M left for t the SEC in sure. the first place to finally get some sort of edge on Texas. Of course, Texas get their own thing. Texas A&M found out real quick that, oh, wait a minute, you've wanted Texas all along. I see. You took us because you just thought, yeah, why not? You'll set it up in the future. I get where South Carolina is coming from, but last time I checked, South Carolina. It's not their call. It's not their call. No. Florida might have more of a say because we talked. that was another thing we had with Holden Thor. Sure. Florida does not want Florida State in the SEC, but Florida might actually have more sway in sure. these conversations. I mean, Florida, Alabama, Georgia will be motivated not to have Florida way State. More, in the league. Way more motivated the, to do that. Again, still not their call. No, not their call. Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. Check them out on your way to tailgate or just on your way out uh, as well. Hockey's back. Got a preseason game last night, and uh, they'll be back in action today. The season opener is less than a month away. We got more football Friday night, and that Breeze Through has what you need, Joe. I've been to all of NC State's home games. Mm -hmm. I've been to Breeze Through before of all of NC State's home games. Also, big shouts to them. They 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 made some big moves this offseason. Breeze Through did. Signed uh, advertising deals with both NC State and the Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Happy for them. Happy for Adam and his success. That'll be a lot of fun. Butcher's Market also sponsoring Ovi's and Gilio. I had You had new tumblers. I did. I saw them yesterday. I went over yesterday. You know, in, in full transparency, we get a uh, gift card from, mm -hmm. from Butcher's Market, so I went over to use mine. But I saw these, and I, I knew we were out because LK won the last she State did. Farm one yesterday. It's a Tervis one. You know, I don't know how you feel about Tervis. Yeah, they're good stuff. They're good, though. It's good and, stuff. and I like the... Uh, I love their little brand stuff, and so good size. I don't know about you, but when I put a beer in a, in a, a tumbler... Yeah, I don't like the bigger tumblers for beer. Mm -hmm. I like it for coffee. I like it for soda that I can put ice in. But for a beer... 
this is the kind of thing that's going to hit the spot. Also, big thanks to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Butcher's Market. I was grilling out those ancho chili chicken breasts for tacos. Your, I saw your collection of uh, charcoals and pellets. I've never saw them before. Oh, you never You keep them talking about them. Yeah, and I walked there, in man. yesterday. I was like, oh. They have all that stuff. They have, they have you, everything. You know what else I got that I'm eager to try out? Probably will on Saturday. And that is? The morning recovery. They're like these, they look like a five-hour energy. Oh, I haven't seen those. I'll report back to you. You should take those before you do the show. Before? No, it's a recovery. So after you drink. what? So on Monday, take it. Because you're usually dragging on Monday for oh. your weekends. So take it on Mondays. Oh, please. That's what I'm saying. Please. That's what I'm saying. So Mosquito Authority uh, helps out with keeping things like mosquitoes at bay. And customer service is always what wins. I got an email the other day from Mosquito Authority saying, hey, look. Thanks for using us. By all means, give us feedback. Tell us where we can improve. So we appreciate that kind of customer service. They can do the same thing for you. Check them out at bugsbite.com. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Still coming off the eye of OG Pizza Night. We're going to have to do that again. Absolutely. We're going to have to find another night to do it. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I feel like there's a theme here. Like you mentioned LK. LK is looking for a job. Okay. So by all means, go look up LK Rodman on LinkedIn. Go give her a job. All right. Is it bad? I don't know LK's real name. Should no. I? No. Okay. No. I'm just making sure. She just never goes by it. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, then there's we go from LK to a JB. JB needs work. Listening okay. to Ovius and Jillio relaxing oh, at Atlantic yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah. Being laid off work, but having a few uh having a few nights of hotel points equals a midweek beach trip. Love that you're listening to the podcast while chilling out on the beach. Hopefully, JB. Yeah, bounce. You'll bounce, man. Take take your time here at the beach. Get your brain right. Maybe drink a few things and <laughs> then bounce right back. Get back into it, man. Uh, from Young Left Hander, I just got to the Friday Night Game discussion on the podcast. I don't like Friday games either, but everybody decided mon money was the most important thing. So here we are. You can decide when you play or you can cash that massive TV check. Everybody chose. Yes. Everybody no chose. No doubt. Yeah. So it's it's fine. The ACC needs to carve out some sort of thing. And Friday nights might be exactly that. To your point, Thursday nights are no longer the realm of college football. Um, and you don't want to have maction. You just don't want to have maction. Uh, we'll close on this from Scott. I don't I know you guys don't talk about baseball often. I mean, Boston Red Sox and the Yankees not in the playoffs for like the first time in 30 some odd years at the same time. Both eliminated. That's crazy. So this is uh, from an Atlanta Braves broadcast. All right, Joe, you tell me what you hear. So the Braves will go from Johnson to hand, and the batter will be Master Boney. That's probably a good thing Jeff Francoeur is in the other booth. Hold so on. the Braves will go from Johnson to hand, and the From Johnson to hand? Mm. Who hasn't been there? Batter will be Master Boney. Come, no, come on. No, that can't be his name. <laughs> Hold on. I have to look this the up. The Braves are going to win the World Series, right? Uh And the number stinks. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually, baseball does, but paper yeah, doesn't win. Miles Mastroboni, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a guy. That okay. I, I guess we should just kind of. So the Braves will go from Johnson to Hand, and the batter will be Mastroboni. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, he's with the Cubs. All right, got it. We'll close on that. We'll see you Thursday from Enlo. We have our own game day, Joe. Yes. 50-yard line from Enlo's football field. It's going to be a fun time. We'll see you then. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.